I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week, I'm joined by original Big Brother Babe and pretty much original reality TV star. It's none other than Chantel Houghton, everybody. (laughs) How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm yeah, I'm I'm great, thank you. Yes, yeah, really pleased to be on the on the on the podcast. So thank you, mate. You look unreal. Oh, thank you. I've had you know what I've had a few tweaks here and there over the last what a couple of months. So yeah, I've got my money's worth. <laughs> good, good for you. Honestly, though, I was just reading my notes because obviously my lovely producer goes away and does all of my research for us. <laughs> And I can't believe last because I was addicted, obsessed to your series of Big Brother. But I can't believe it was 2006, mate. I know, it's insane. I think it's what been 17 years. It just feels like I feel, do you know what? I feel like, I don't know if you feel like it, but I feel like I've lived like a hundred different lives. Like yeah. I'm like, who am I? What am I? What, what do you know what I mean? I feel like I've got so many memories up here from everything that's happened in my life. I sometimes think, like, who the fuck am I? <laughs> no. What do I like? <laughs> no, I totally get that. I suppose, like, very much the nature of the industry we've both been in, you know? Like, I think you have to sort of, in order to stay relevant, like, roll with the punches because it looks, even though, like, Big Brother's back and stuff like that, it does look very different, like the industry to how it was in 2006. So in order to sort of like stay relevant to different things, you've probably have done different things, Chantel. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's, do you know what? It's changed so much from when I was on Big Brother. I know obviously yeah. I came back this um, last year, but um, it's just it's just so different. And I, I am really glad that I got to go in when I did go in because I do feel like it, I don't know, I just, I, I don't think I'd like to have done it in the way, in the world that it is in now. Do you know what I mean? I think it was yeah. a lot softer when I went in. Yeah. I don't think, do you know what? I genuinely, honestly, hand on heart, I just thought I would go in there I'd probably get one magazine interview and then I'd just go back to normal. Like never did I think what would have happened, what would happen, happen. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it changed, it, it changed my life, but it also shaped my life as well because, and so many people say to me, like, what do you think you'd be doing now if it wasn't for Big Brother? And I just honestly don't know, but I would love to know as well. Like I would love to be able to know what, like where my life would have gone. But um, yeah, it's just, it did. It really shaped my life. It did in so many ways. But then I think that's what like everybody loved about you. I, I yes, y- you were an underdog, and we love the sneaky secret. You were incredible on your little sly mission, but mm. you're just you you're unassuming, Chantel. You know, you are like modest and very real and genuine, and that's what we like to watch. I think as the British public, we want to root for somebody who we think, God, I'd fucking love to have a little drink down the pub with her, and that's yeah, how yeah. you made me feel. <laughs> Yeah, and do you know what? I think like uh, because I went on, um, I went on to Ultimate Big Brother. Like I think it was about five years after the original Big Brother yeah. that I went on, and I realised then how I got away with 
like being like with um I realized how I got away with my task because when I went on ultimately brother all you're really caring about is yourself and like how you're coming across and like so I think in the original big brother I went in the other celebrities were just so self-conscious of themselves and how they're coming across that you just sort of forget about everyone else so that's why I feel like I just sort of like sailed on through do you know what I mean no I Um, do I totally get that. We are all really just focusing on ourselves, aren't we? Like everybody else is just secondary characters in our play. So even though you were like stressed to death, probably thinking, oh, they're going to realise I'm a fraud. Candy floss doesn't exist. They were just thinking, how am I going to come across? Does my hair look all right? Am I doing my mum proud? X, Y and Z. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I just wanted to stay. Once I got in there, I was just like, oh, I just want to stay. Like I was just desperate to stay. Um, And God, and then I went on to win it, which is just insane. Um, and obviously I've got a husband out of it as well, even though we're now divorced, but we know we're still really good friends. So that's great. Um, but yeah, it was amazing, amazing experience. No, and honestly, mate, so it's back now. People listening, you know, they could even find themselves on it in the future. So talk to us a little bit about the process. Obviously, it will be slightly different um, now from back in the day. But did you, were you approached? Because social media wasn't really a thing back then, was it? No, God, not at all. Do you know what? I think Facebook literally had come out maybe a year prior to me going in so that would I went in in 2006 so definitely social media wasn't anywhere um so I was um I was doing promotion work I was actually one of the grid girls at like the grand pay, uh, grand praise going around yes. like, up and down the country and um someone just mentioned the big brother audition so I was like oh like maybe I could do that and it was just a bit like I didn't really know where my life was going I was trying to you know um get as much promotional work as possible, but it wasn't really enough to sort of live on. I was still living at my parents' house, but it wasn't enough really to, you know, to actually live myself. Um, and it was Mother's Day and my mum really weirdly went out for lunch without me, which was quite rude to be honest, but I don't know what happened there anyway. I was at home on my own and I was just like, do you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and audition. Like, why not? I didn't have any money. I bumped the train from where I lived to London as well. Um, and I went to the audition. There was, I, I think I got there like an hour before it was before the auditions were um, shutting down. And I went there and you just sort of like lined up. Um, you went and spoke to someone, like someone come down to us all in the queue, just sort of chatting to us. And I had this great big um, cream fur coat on, had my blonde hair, you know, fake tan and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, just embarrassing. Anyway, um, but great. I think, it, I think yeah. it was iconic, mate. Like I've literally, just to refresh my memory, watched that moment where you had to sing in front of everybody, you know? And I was like, no, that look, as far as I was concerned, had me in a chokehold in oh, early 2000s. Honestly. Like. I would have done anything to look like you. You're an icon. The green eyeshadow and the orange lipstick. I mean, what was I thinking? So embarrassing. But um, but yeah, with the um, with the audition process. So you just went into um, a makeshift diary room. Um, there was a camera in front of you. You sat down, and there was like there was about ten of them, like all sort of partitioned off so there was all other people in there and then after like a 10 second countdown you had to talk into your camera and say why you felt that you should be a contestant that feels like a lot of pressure yeah I was like what am I gonna say what am I gonna say and I literally just sat there and I was like oh my name is Chantel um I'm from Essex um I like shopping uh 
and then I just didn't say anything. Like I literally just sat there for the remainder of the time. And I went home. I was like, oh, like I really screwed that up, you know, gutted. Anyway, the only people that knew I'd gone for the audition was my mum, my stepdad, and a couple of my friends. Anyway, probably I think it was about nine o'clock that same night. Um, I got a phone call from a withheld number and I was like, hello. And this guy come on, he said, oh, hello. He said, he's Richard. I still remember it now. And he said, I'm Richard from Big Brother. And I was like, yeah, all right. Do you know what I mean? I thought it was one of my mates taking the mic. And he was like, oh, we want you to come back for another audition. And I was like, oh, yeah, all right, whatever. And I just put, I just hung up. Anyway, he called back. Fuck off, Richard. Yeah, I know, exactly. I'm like, okay, maybe (laughs) Richard's real, though. So... (laughs) He and he was real, and do you know what? The I must have had about thirty different auditions, like all dotted around London. Wow! So a and seriously it, rigorous process, then, babe. Yeah, and it's literally like so secretive as well. So yeah. one guy asked me to go and meet him at the Cafe Nero on Tottenham Court Road, and he said he'll be wearing like a cap with a denim jacket. So I waited for him to come up to me. It's like then, a spy novel. Like I'll be, I'll be the man with the rose in my lapel. It was madness. It was madness. And he came up to me, gave me a note and it with an address on it. And it was to meet someone else at the embank um at the embankment by this tube station. This so is like, like espionage, Chantal. It was so bizarre. So off I am back on the tube again. And then this other person come to collect me. And then they took me up to this hotel. Um, and yeah, so it was just like that, but it was it, honestly, it was around 30 different locations that I went to, um, until I, well, I didn't get into the, I didn't get into the summer one. Um, they actually, I don't know if you know this, but before the show goes live on telly for two weeks, like two weeks before the show goes live, they put in like guinea pig housemates. Just I'm, to sure, see I'm sure yeah, I didn't do, like, know this because it didn't, because right. you, didn't Ryland do this years ago? Oh, maybe he did. Yeah, maybe. I'm, sh- I'm yeah. sure. And like, he was absolutely going to be in it. And like, they were telling yeah. him, like, you know, and then he was in a hotel and he saw the real one starting. And he was like, Are you joking me? Yeah. I've done this two weeks and I've been hidden away. And I've been, like you say, moved from location to location. And they'd started it without him. I mean, obviously, it all worked out great for him in the end. Woohoo, Ryland. He's done amazing. <laughs> but yes, I feel like I did know this was a thing. So did yeah. they do that with you? Yeah. So I got picked up like on the Monday went in there was no like went into the actual big brother house you know there was obviously no crowd outside or anything but the door shut you walked in and we were meant to stay there for a whole week but I got given a task straight away on the Monday and I basically had to make everyone put me up for eviction like my secret task and I would hate that one like that would be my least favorite one I think it was horrible I felt I just had to be horrible to people like be really rude and make everyone hate me and I remember one time like I was sitting in the bedroom and everyone else was outside in the garden like talking about me and rightly so because I'd I'd been horrible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, being a right knob. Oh exactly. I was really horrible and um I got evicted on the Wednesday and I thought that was it. Like literally, I thought that was it. I was taken home, never to be heard, you know, again. Um and that was, and then the real show came on and then there was a couple of people that I recognised from when I was in the guinea pig um, show with them. Really? Like who? Um, so, Kinga. Do you remember Kinga with the wine bottle? Babe, how good I forget <laughs> Kinga and the wine bottle? 
<laughs> yeah, Kinger. And also, do you remember Dennis, the Scottish guy? He actually got thrown out because um, I think he spat at somebody. Um, yeah, so he got thrown out. But whilst I was in there, Kinger and Dennis actually went and weed on my toothbrush. And thank God Big Brother told me because otherwise I would have been cleaning my teeth with their piss. But <laughs> Oh, my God. Are you joking? Yeah, but no, so yeah, it was King R. And do you remember Eugene as well? Oh, he was such he was like a pilot, I think. He was yeah, he was a really sweet guy. Um, so yeah, a few of them. Um, and yeah, I just thought that was it. I thought it was game over until it was December that year that I got a call from the producers just asking me um what I was doing in January. And I was just a bit like, oh, you know, just the same old sort of thing. And yeah. they asked me to come and meet them, and then they just implied that it was gonna be half normal. Um, people half non um, sorry half non celebs half celeb half non and celebs yeah I know and so I was just like I got off the phone and I was thinking they've asked me if I'm free for the whole of January well the only show that I know this was before I knew it was Big Brother yeah, yeah. So I was just like it must be Celebrity Big Brother but obviously I was thinking how can I like I'm not a celebrity anyway yeah the rest is history and I genuinely didn't know that I was the only non-celeb until I walked in that house and yeah it was just no so in your head you still thought it was this mix of celebs and non-celebs yeah Yeah, mix yeah until I got in there yeah and at what point did they say to you right so actually you are an undercover non-celeb yeah. and you're gonna have to pretend to be a member of candy floss the the pop band when when did that happen when did they like drop that bombshell um, on you so i i got out the car the crowd were there and i'm like blowing kisses like so embarrassing having a lovely time no honestly babe i would be the same i would be in my element it's oh, Oh, those are the best moments from TV, reality TV. Yeah. They're so iconic. Yeah, don't be yeah. embarrassed. Own like, it. do you know what? I'd, I'd honestly, like, I'd, I'd envisioned, like, walking up them stairs so many times. And it was just so, like, oh, my God, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Um, and and Sh- I'm so sorry, Chantel, because I'm so excited. What was your yeah. outfit? What had you picked to go in? I can't remember. So, yeah, no, it was a black satin, like, dress yeah. with, like, a little black tutu skirt with, like, a black... Um, yes. I like, like a bolero. Yes, I <laughs> yeah, exactly. no. Sort of the yeah. moment, girl. Yes, okay, yeah. amazing. Not orange lipstick, obviously. Um, <laughs> of course. So, sets, yeah, but... sets it off lovely. <laughs> yes. And so it wasn't until I got in, there was no other, no one else in the house. And I was like, okay, I'm the first one in. And then they called me to the diary room. And at that point um, in my life, I'd actually been doing some um, lookalike work as Paris Hilton. Yeah. Um, so, because I kept getting people telling me that I looked like Paris Hilton. And so I was like, oh, I might be able to make a bit of money out of this, you know. Um, so they called me. a hostler. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they called me to the diary room and they basically said, like, explained to me that I need to pretend that I'm famous. And the first thought that went through my head was, they're gonna make they're gonna ask me to pretend that I'm Paris Hilton yeah. like and I'm gonna have to use an American accent and oh, I hell am I gonna do this anyway obviously it wasn't that and they said that I had to pretend that I was in a girl band um and I had a like number one hit from Japan and they were like you can name your um girl band members so being an idiot I decided that there was five but obviously I then had to remember all felt five oh god names like oh and so, yeah, and I came out the diary room and the first person to come through um, the door was Michael Barrymore. And it was 
just like honestly like I'd watched him growing up on a Saturday night like at top middle or bottom strike it like and it was just like how the hell am I here and he's here and and it was just like one after the other you know people coming in these famous people I'm just like shit 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 you know Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Honestly, mate, like, as somebody who's in this industry, right, even now when I, like, do things like the pilgrimage or the jungle or MasterChef, I'm like, fucking hell, that's Ian Beale. Like, I'm, like, I can't, obviously it's not Adam Wood, you're so big up, but, like, I'm shitting myself, mate, being around these people that I've grown up watching, like, grown up thinking we're super cool and super famous. Like, I can't imagine being, like, thrown into that position before I was was in that world. Like, I would have lost my head. Yeah, it was mad. But you know what? Talking about seeing famous people out, I was actually in, in Brentwood once and I was in Holland and Barrett with my brother and you were in there. And I was like, oh, my God, oh my God, it's Vicky Branson, Vicky Branson. And I was so badly when he's come and say hello, but I was just like, I can't, I just can't do it. So oh. I did that with you. <laughs> You're so nice. I bet you I look like an angry little homeless man. Did I get any supplements? I'm always so moody in Holland and Barrett. I'm like, Buying me, buying me, me hair, hair gummies or whatever it was I was getting, kale gummies. It was a long time ago now. So anyway, so you're there with Michael Barrymore and I reckon that might be a bit of a baptism of fire because Barrymore's been around the block and like, hey, you can't bullshit a bullshitter or you're panicking. Yeah, do you know what I was? But the person I panicked the most about was Jodie Marsh. And the reason why is because I used to go out in Brentwood quite a lot. Right. She was in Brent- She was from Brentwood um, and she used to be in the bars quite a lot. And I'm just, you know, the way I looked wasn't, um, I didn't go like unnoticed. And I don't mean that in like a big headed way, but I had bright blonde hair with this orange lipstick, green eyeshadow. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, shit, I'm standing here now telling her that I'm in this girl band. I'm, you know, I've got a number one out in Japan. And yeah. I, I was thinking, she's probably thinking like, I've seen you down Brentwood High Street, mate. Do you know what I mean? That who I was, <laughs> and I actually went to the diary room and said, look, I'm really worried because of this. And <laughs> Anyway, but do you know what? The person I really should have been the most worried about was Preston. Because Why? He, yeah, because he went to Japan a lot with his music and they were, he was like posh and bex out in Japan. Like the girls would be wild for him. Like yeah. he had super fans in Japan, like 
seriously he when he went to japan it he was like royalty out there like it was he was super famous out there nobody and- spoke to me when i went to japan you know i got <laughs> like obviously i'm not expecting them to know who i am but they nobody spoke to us like it was horrible i ended up spending a week in hootas Chantel, because it was the only place anybody would talk to us. <laughs> like, uh, I, uh, I did. They just, I don't know. I feel like I looked really Western, and they didn't. Uh, they didn't really understand. I've never been. Do you know it's definitely on my bucket list. But um... no, it, nothing against Japan, fuck no. But like, because yeah. my accent's so strong, even the people who yeah. spoke English couldn't understand us. So yeah. I was just really lonely. So oh. yeah, you're yeah. not missing much, in my opinion. <laughs> But no, yeah. he, you know, he he was definitely the one that I um I should I didn't know at the time like how huge he was in Japan. I I didn't really know much about music to be honest. It's just not really my thing. But obviously, I got away with it um for him like from him because um because of what happened with between us like he was obviously not gonna like push me you know whether I sometimes I do think I wonder if you did genuinely know like hang on a minute I've been a fan and I've never heard of you and you've had this number one you know but but he didn't out me if he did know so yeah he should, he was the one that I should have been worried about the most but obviously I didn't know it at the time and like it, it's like you say though babe like he was probably so worried about how he would come across and thinking god yeah. she's got a number one in japan and she hasn't heard of me maybe i'm not as famous as she thinks she is like for yeah. all celebs are like you know super cool and think yeah. like they've got i don't know like fame or fans or whatever well pretty much everyone i've met is quite insecure quite scared yeah. worried. and so yeah. Like yeah. you say, he probably was just worrying about you. And as well, he obviously fancied you. You were a gorgeous girl. He's ended up getting married. So he's probably <laughs> just trying to make sure he looked very like handsome and cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> so obviously you've got to wait, mate. I've just watched the clip again where you had to sing to the oh. celebs to like convince them of your talent. Right. First of all, you sound amazing. Were you lip syncing? Because that was unreal. Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, but, hang on. So that was you because I was just like, me, no, and no, producer, no. me and producer were just having a dance before the pod started. It was really good. Oh, oh thank you. But, you know, they, they so they did play the music over it. No, did they? Oh, no, hang on. No, it was me. It was me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> No, it was me. It was me, but I definitely can't see. It sounds like, oh my God, it was awful. I didn't even know the words to it. Like I forgot the word. The words were in front of me and I couldn't even follow the words at one point. Where So I just sort of like did this with my hair and like turned around quite a few times. No, you were good. The faces of the of all of those like watching me, they were like, the eyes like going from left to right, like what is actually happening? Oh, do you know what? I'm actually getting hot thinking about oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to give you like pop star PTSD. I really apologize. So, obviously, you had an amazing experience in there. Like I want, and you, you want with some pretty big names. You're a really nice girl. I'm not going to ask you to dish the dirt, but come on. Tell me like who you got on with really well, who really surprised you. Obviously, I know you and Preston ended up being a bit of a love affair, but is there anything, any goss you can give her? Oh, do you know what? They, I think what... The main person would have been Dennis Rodman, um, and there wasn't much shown about me with uh, like what was going on with me and him. But it really weren't nice to me at all. Like it was just sort of like really sly, underlying digs. Um, like I'd ordered some more foundation on the shopping task, and he like he pinched it and put it in his pocket, and he didn't he wouldn't give it back to me. But so yeah, I think. Um, yeah, that's probably yeah. It's probably it's probably Dennis Rodman that was 
like the thing that wasn't shown but yeah. it was just yeah me and him didn't didn't get on at all I know there was a clipboard that say where he actually says to me that if I was out in America like he would have hit me or somebody would have hit me or but that was like the night where it all kicked off with like me Preston George Galloway and there was one bit where I'm like do you think and you know what Vicky um Catherine Tate come up to me at an award ceremony she's like oh my god you used my line she was like and I was like oh my god I did you're right but actually I did it all the time <laughs> do you think I'm bothered but no Dennis Rodman really I didn't get on with him at, at all um not one bit but no do you know what I feel like I feel like I was so young back then and probably so worried and to be able to stand up for myself that I let a lot of things go that should I if I went in now yeah. I'd have the confidence to actually stand up for myself um and I didn't back then I was what I was 21 do you know what I mean I'd barely lived a life really and and so there were definitely things that if I'd go back if I went back now with this head on my shoulders I think I would have been a lot more outspoken on the things that I didn't feel like were right. But, you know, that just comes with age and experience, doesn't it? No, it does. It really does. And I think, like, it's very interesting. So, obviously, the reality TV show I did first at 21, 22 was very different. We were all of a similar age. And I do think that plays a part um, because you were in there with people at different ages, you know, different maturities, different, you know, that live different lives. Do you think that 21, 22, whatever, is a bit too young to be going into reality TV? Or do you really stand by? Like, because obviously I know it's been incredible for you and you've had it, yeah, it's gave you all the amazing things you've had. But I do, I know from like experience that I actually think, oh, you are probably a bit too young to be navigating that space, really. Yeah. Do you know what? I mean, I've never really thought about it, but. You're only a baby at that age, aren't you? You know nothing. You know, you know nothing. Yeah. And you think you do. You yeah. sort of think you've got it all figured out. But honestly, mate, we know nothing. Yeah, no, I do. You know, I, like I said, I've never thought about it before. But I do, I do feel that it's very young and you're very naive and you don't know anything. And do you know what? I just feel... Yeah, it is. It, it actually is. I do think it is. Yeah, you're right. I don't regret it for me personally, but what I've always, how I've always like navigated my life and obviously there aren't perhaps standing outside my door now, but back then, like I didn't live and I didn't breathe it. You know, once my door was closed and once I wasn't at a work event or whatever like that, I was, my life was just my life, just very normal. But I do worry about the, the youngsters that go into these programs who think that it's their life from now on and this is always going to be it yeah and what worries me is when it's not it anymore and you know the phone stops ringing and the pap stop turning up and that's that's what worries me do you know yeah and like mental health you know that does worry me because there are people out there that do probably think that you know it is going to be forever but and it's not do you know what I mean like nothing really lasts forever you know it just doesn't and that's when the darkness can hit you do you know um Yeah, luckily, I just sort of, um, I just went for the ride, do you know what I mean? And I was grateful for everything, every opportunity. And it was just a bit like everything I went to, I was like, how the hell am I blagging this, you know? Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, it is young. You're right. It it is young. I personally wouldn't want my my daughter to go into reality TV. Yeah. Um, 
at that that young age no no and I think that's fair mate like obviously I do like any like anything it's got its pitfalls and stuff and it's also got its amazing upsides and things as well but I think a lot can be said for reality tv fame the industry whatever when you're of the right age to enjoy it understand it and be able to navigate it properly because yeah sometimes I felt like if you just look at the way I behaved on Jodie Shaw and you think you knobhead you you know like and yeah. I think that works a lot for yeah. producers and channels, you know, when people don't necessarily, you know, know their own mind or aren't strong enough to say, oh, hang on, I'm not going to do that, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I I do think I yeah. could have been a little bit older. Um, do you know what? For me, it's also, you know, um, like, I don't know if this is relevant, but it's like something I would have done at 21. I would never dream of doing yeah. now at the age of 14, never in a million years. Yeah. So I'm not dating anyone, but if I was to, to date somebody and then I said, oh, well, like, this is what I used to do, or, you know, if they didn't know what I did, the fact that they can go online, type my name in and see that I've, see the things that I've done that I would never dream of doing now yeah. is awful. It's yeah. awful because there are people out there that will judge you on your past and they won't take you for the person that you are today. And you know what? I understand that. I, I, I do understand it, you know? Um, so that's again, why maybe it is a bit too young to be doing, to, you know, I'm not bashing reality TV at all. I love reality TV, but I do hate the internet because everything's on there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I think everybody, like everybody has a love-hate relationship with the internet. Like it's great, for example, when you want to, you know, find out if somebody, so-and-so and so-and-so are still together or check your cinema times or whatever like that. Like it's good in those in, in those circumstances. But yeah, honestly, babe, like I, like I have spent the last 10 years of my life sort of trying to distance myself from the person that everybody thought I was when I was like fucking 21 you know and like I've tried really hard to to like go to therapy and evolve and grow and work with charities and adopt dogs and actually get healthy and all the rest of it and just be a better person um but it doesn't matter because actually to some people I'll still just be the girl who had sex on the telly yeah, I know. That's really yeah. hard. That's it is really hard to accept that. But then you know the right people, Chantel, like mm. the people who are like worth you knowing and spending time with, they'll see you for who you are right now and they yeah. won't care. Or they'll like say, like, oh my God, that was so cool that you did that years ago. Who didn't do silly things when they were 21? They'll get it. But you know what? Like, um, like I was saying with like age and experience and stuff, like I know I don't know why I'm talking about dating here, but it's just the way we've gone. But I would have always like gone on a date with someone. All I would care about is do they like me? Oh my god, do they like what I'm wearing? Do they like this? Do they like that? What are they think of me? Now I'm like, do I like you? Like, do I like you? Do I like your past? Do you know what yeah. I mean? But I do again. It's an age thing, isn't it? You know. Um, and I just I don't know. Sometimes you have to go through trauma and life and everything to actually get back to a place where where um to get to a place where you're okay with yourself do you know what I mean because I was always trying to please other people like um all the time and now all I care about is if I'm okay and if I'm happy because I did take a step back from the public eye for about well it must have been about 10 years and I've spent a lot of time on my own um not like I'm not hurt me or anything do you know what I mean but I had to be on my own I was forced to be on my own I had a young baby I was at home every night night after night after night with this young you know this young baby 
and I'm really glad for that time because I got to know me and I'm not being really deep and stuff because you know what I was one of them people that if someone said to me years ago I just need to find myself I would have said oh where do you think you'll be in Tesco's or something I would have been that person but until you've been through stuff I understand that whole thing like I need to find myself I I totally get it but um Mm. But yeah, it just keeps coming back to age and life experience, don't it? <laughs> it does, it does. And like, it's the age old thing, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. You, But then you can't be old and wise, Chantelle, if you've never been young and daft. I always say this. Very good point, yes. Well, so like, we shouldn't be being too hard on ourselves or beating ourselves up. We should just be like, really proud of the women we're becoming. And like, yeah. honestly, I, I know this isn't probably doesn't mean much coming from me, but I thought you were incredible on Big Brother, like on all the things I saw you do after, like even just the way that you carried yourself. I always, I've always been really like loud and quite obnoxious and stuff. I always thought you were just really sweet and nice. And I remember thinking like, oh, I wish I could be a bit more like her because you just... Do you know it's mad though, isn't it? Because I like, you know, your social media posts. I love reading your, your Instagram posts and stuff. Honestly, you help me so much. Like you just, and you're helping so many other people out there. And it's just nice to see like you're a real human. Do you know what I mean? So you help me, trust me, you do. This is ending up to be so lovely. <laughs> Mate, I could talk to you all night and don't worry, I'll definitely be getting more goss in part two, but we do have to have a break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 